0: Pain is some serious business. It ain't everyone who knows what to do about it. Now I hear there's a podcast just about this. It doesn't talk of pain alone, but other interesting things distracting the mind from it. So I suggest you tune in to Outsmart the Pain and listen to what Carsten has to say about it. Get ahead. Get it done listen to the podcast, and maybe change your life or some lessons. First of all, I want to thank you for listening to this. Thanks. I do not know if you are in pain, if you are interested the least in pain and its treatment, or if you just tuned in for the fun of it. Nevertheless, I am happy you're here. I will talk about the last season. Also, I've had a talk with Elin Rombo as a follow-up. Her episode was called The Game Changer After 30 Years, and she said that she was better two months after meeting a pain specialist, although having had pain for 30 years. Was this just pure luck? How is she now? I gave her a call to do a follow-up. You need to listen to this. So, what happened this first season of Outsmart the Pain? The podcast has actually been in the making for a year, in very small steps, so I could start it completely by myself. Everything digital, making long-distance interviews, so the sound can sometimes be a bit funny. I edit everything myself, why it has to be in English. My program does not understand Swedish sentences. I get all my sound effects from free sound on the net and use the cheapest hosting I could find. No sponsors so far but I have not really had the time to go looking. Maybe someday someone shows interest in supporting my show as well. Who knows? We have covered a lot of different subjects and today I would like to make a short review of this fall. If you haven't heard my Christmas story yet I will end the show with this one you can skip the last five minutes if you don't want to hear it again. In my planning my thought was actually to only make solo episodes as a kind of educational tool so my first episode explaining the pain was my first one. It will be explained in the same way I explain it to my patients and since the feedback has been only positive I will stick to it. There I try to explain different sorts of pain Usually, I draw a picture when I talk with patients, but since this is a bit difficult in a podcast, I put a drawn image on my webpage karstenalbeck.com. I put a transcription of my pods there as well, so you could read the text if it was hard to understand. But I did not have the time to do this later on, so if you want me to reconsider, please let me know. One thing I try to point out is that I call it persistent pain and not chronic pain you should too. Most people call long-term pain chronic. Since the word chronic often says that it is irreversible, we would rather like to call it persistent pain. In Swedish it is longvarig smärta instead of kronisk smärta. The thing is many professionals I talk to say it should be called persistent and they persist in calling it chronic. But I will call it persistent throughout this podcast, and it is the same thing as chronic. My first guest ever was Professor Hedvig Söderlund, a psychologist who also is the author of a book regarding this. The Swedish title is The Burned Out Brain Researcher. We covered her work.
1: All the body parts are represented in the brain. The more you use it, the, the, the larger it gets. There's a classical study on violinists where they've seen that professional violinists have larger areas of the various fingers in their brain, like the index finger, the larger it has become in these violinist players in the brain. So the more you use it, the, the, the larger it gets. There's also results in the other direction, not that you're losing it, but that the brain is becoming more efficient. So when you're performing a task and you see an area in the brain light up, if you practice this task over and over and over, the area in the brain sometimes gets smaller because you've learned to do it more automatically, you could say, and you don't need to recruit as large of an area anymore.
0: How hard it can be just being a woman at a workplace.
1: I'm getting goosebumps here when I talk about it because it's all coming back to me now. So I couldn't control things, even though I told them I'm hitting the wall here. They didn't care about me. They were treating people very differently depending on whether you were close to them and a friend or if you weren't. There was a lot of nepotism, honestly, mm. and sexism going on. And I wasn't part of the crowd.
0: But also her way out. No manuscript, but just a talk, which made me think that interviews might be working in this pod as well. The next guest was Susanna at CFA Kommunikation which went well in line with the first guest since it had to do with being depressed or burned out combined with pain.
2: I was at my parents' house and my legs just, I just fell down totally and my back just didn't lift me anymore.
0: Like you lost your power, so to speak.
2: Yeah, and I was in so much pain, so much pain, so I couldn't stand up. Crazy because I I could do everything at that time. I I was a power woman with no limits. My sister and my father almost carried me to the car. And I drove 45 minutes to my town to just get home with two children in the car. And I called my husband during the way, asking him if he could see if we had any painkillers in the house, because I think I need some which I also never ever took pills, Hmm. because why? The day after was even worse, so I had to go to the emergency. I got pills I never even could ever have imagined there existed. Then the doctor told me, you can't go to work. I, I was home for a few weeks. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't sit.
0: And the way out. You, you can come out stronger of something like this.
2: Yeah, because you need to get you to know yourself. Mm. Why did it become like this? It sounds harsh if people are listening, feeling like this, but you need to understand why you came to this point, pushing yourself, not listening to all the signals your body gives you, not understanding why you're pushing yourself.
0: She also talked about social media and how to think about using this. Take-home message, her life was 100% better now than before, so she changed it. Actually, both Susanna and Hedwig started their own businesses. It's a hardship to do this, but the upside is the possibility to be the boss of your own time. I guess this was somewhere I decided I would have more guests and sometimes solo episodes where I talk all by myself and not the other way around. Next guest was a pain specialist, not by profession as a physician, but being someone having had pain for a long time. Pete Moore from Great Britain also started his own business with the website paintoolkit.org. He talked a lot about accepting the pain, taking charge of the situation and not being the passenger in the car. There was no future, it's just... Every day melted into the next one. Pain was just going on every day. And I just woke up and said, how much pain am I going to be
1: in today? Looked in the mirror. I saw myself and I thought, this is the guy
0: that's going to get me out of this mess. So it was about me taking action. Be the driver. It's a somewhat shorter episode, but some of my Swedish listeners thought it was hard to follow his accent. So I guess it was good not to make it too long. As you noticed, I have a new episode every second week, and in between I have an insight episode. This is a very short one where I conclude what had been said the week before, sometimes adding my own comments. So if you want to remember what was said, or just want to check if it might be worth listening 30 to 45 minutes to a certain episode, be sure to listen to the corresponding insight episode. My next guest was very interesting, Elin Rombo, a fantastic opera singer where I unfortunately did not get the rights to broadcast a few seconds of her in the Brahms Requiem, a piece which is one of my own absolute favorites. But she told us a very funny story about how she kind of tricked her way into a world famous conductor and his orchestra. Or perhaps more truthful, she had an excellent agent. But the most interesting thing in my world was her pain story. Having had several tumor surgeries where she was cured as a 15-year-old girl, she developed persistent pain. And no one in healthcare told her this was the case. And of course, if no one told her, no one treated her either. So she dealt with it on her own and did so in a very good way. But by chance, she met the co-author of the book I wrote, Outsmart the Pain, and was told there was something to do about it. She therefore went to a pain clinic and she said it was so much better. Now, I know many times people ask things at the right time to get the best results they can present. And maybe I caught Elin at the best time to make a point out of pain treatment in this podcast called Outsmart the Pain. Well then, why not call her? I had this talk with her very recently, that is three months after the episode was recorded and even longer after her pain treatment started. So hello, Elian Nice to have you back.
3: Oh, thank you. <laughs> nice to be back.
0: I, I will not call you every six months to hear how you're doing. <laughs> but I think it could be interesting for the listeners to hear. Tell us, what, what happened since last time we talked?
3: Well, it's been a couple of months. So I was struggling a bit with um, this persistent pain that came back and spread in my body. The pain came from my hip and from my leg. It sort of attacked the whole body. But after trying this new uh, medication, I feel uh, the whole body has calmed down. Even though maybe the original pain sometimes is there, uh, it doesn't bring the whole, the whole body with it in the downfall so it's
0: it's kind of contained now
3: yeah it's um in one sort of area only and the rest of the body can can work fine Mm.
0: and and you say that you sometimes get the pain back is it the same amount of, of times you get pain back or is it more seldom nowadays
3: it's not as often it's it's not every day as it used to be. It depends on weather and all that, but it's not as often,
0: no. Did anyone else but you uh, notice that you're better?
3: My husband actually said one day, you seem much calmer happier and more content with everything. He's really happy for me, obviously. He knows the pain I've been going through. So it was nice to hear. I didn't know that the mental part would be so affected or was so affected i guess i feel much more active and i can work and and i have energy left for not just focusing on pain but to actually (laughs) do other stuff
0: do you think this is due to you having less pain or are you just getting a a drug that makes you not think about it that you're kind of up in the air among the flowers and Music. and
3: Yeah, that helps, you know, <laughs> music helps. I think it's like when the pain is there, you, it's like your companion. But now it's like this little companion is like helping me to carry whatever burden it, it comes with. So it's, it's not, it's not that, that the pain is never there, but it's not so present in everything I do this all sounds very I don't know from La La land when I talk about it but it's like I feel like I was I, may I use the description of like being a flower getting watered or something like that it's like I have I'm still the same flower but I now have more water I can bloom I can grow
0: it's the, the pain that really puts a lid on your life and you don't understand what happens until you open the lid and sometimes you need help from a medication and sometimes one of the medications that is used is an antidepressant and that's not because it's giving you a better mood but it's raising the noradrenaline which is like our body's uh, pain filter i i describe it in my book you are actually taking such medication but the lowest dose imaginable actually do you feel that you are getting chemically happier due to the medication or is it that the pain is lower and therefore you feel better hard question
3: i first noticed after a week or something like that after starting with the antidepressant that my body felt lighter it wasn't so much in my brain but it was like my body just relaxed or released or something happened with my body.
0: So definitely pain relief. And that makes mm-hmm. secondary gains Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and also um, reason why I don't want to call these medications antidepressants in this context. I would like to call them noradrenic analgesic tablets, actually. So you kind of lose the antidepressant thing because that's not what we're working with here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you did have some dreams, I know, in in our uh, episode where you said that there are some things that you couldn't do, like uh, getting sweaty by running and not just stop running because you have pain. You haven't actually ran anything because of the pain. So here comes the hard question. Have you done anything about all these things now then?
3: The dream is still there, but... Actually, it's not a dream anymore. It It, it is possible. I, I feel it. I could run. <laughs> but no, I haven't. And I'm, I'm really stressed now that I have nothing to blame. Like, I cannot blame not being able to run, actually. No, it's just me being lazy, not running.
0: You're like the rest of so, us now, no, you're I, I not just not running.
3: <laughs> no, exactly. I just joined the next club. <laughs>
0: but actually you transferred from the dream state to something that would actually be possible to do and that's amazing really
3: i did run to the metro station which wouldn't have been possible before like i could not run in like sh- regular shoes at all <laughs> but that worked too so
0: wow so now you're even a mm-hmm. Stockholmer running after every bus or subway or anything that you can run after you. <laughs> so now you need some kind of behavioral analysis that you shouldn't stress but that's another episode. Uh, Well, that's great to (laughs) hear. I'm becoming normal. (laughs) Yeah, but that's great to hear. And I'm doing a short recap now this episode before uh, New Year. I'm happy that you actually got a New Year's gift in this way, actually, because you transferred your life in a sense, which uh, is excellent. And, And I really hope that some listeners will understand the essence of this and starting to change their lives as well. So, Elin, thank you so much. I will not bother you. I will not call you again in 2022 to hear how you're doing. I'm so content with this short talk. Anything you want to say that I missed or something you would like to say before I hang up?
3: No, thank you so much for for writing this book. Thank you for helping me. And you are very welcome to call in 2022 (laughs) as well.
0: Anytime. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll see. we make a follow up after <laughs> a couple of years. So take care now, Alien, and uh, maybe I'll talk to you later sometime. Okay. Yeah. Bye.
3: Thank you so much.
0: So in conclusion. It is not too late to check your pain if no one has done this in a consistent way. And you need to have a positive mindset. Think of this yourself. If you have had pain for 30 years, would you still continue to develop as a person? Elin did, and so can you, in your own way. I had another solo episode about alcohol and pain. Maybe more of a food for thoughts than anything else i even asked some people with earlier problems with alcohol if they thought the episode in any way was bad i wouldn't like to publish something which would be seen as too shallow some thought i asked just to sell more books Hmm. but apart from them or maybe just one person i don't remember There were many positive comments about someone finally talking about this at a different angle. An episode about almost no pain, and the only pain mentioned was cured with some running out in the woods, was my talk with star musician Johan Dahlene. Only 21 years old, and he has been all over the world with his 300-year-old Stradivarius. Before we start talking about all different things, I really must ask you, playing on a Stradivarius is that just like a cool thing or is it actually a better sound in an instrument being almost 300 years old? That's a great question. <laughs> I, I love this violin. It's a Stradivarius from 1736. It's actually quite old um, for being a Strad because he died only a year later or something like this. I borrowed this violin from a Norwegian foundation called Anders Svios um and they are course super super generous and uh, great uh, all over the world with his 300 year old stradivarius which you want to call a strad if you want to sound knowledgeable if you want to listen to him just spotify him when i talked to physician Michel tagliati i thought i would talk about obesity and diabetes but it covered a very vast field, including parenthood, philosophy.
1: I've been listening to modern philosophers about the discrepancy between rights and uh, responsibilities.
0: And, and I think that's something that touches the string with me. And everything in between. And some overweight as well. And there was something about No Shipping. No Shipping. A hundred years ago, or maybe 15 years ago, I worked together with a tremendous physiotherapist, Helene Hallström. She has 40 years of experience of pain and what she doesn't know as a physio, no one else does. Now, if some episodes are not talking about pain at all, this was all about pain and the consequences of it. If you want to hear another view than the physicians about pain, why not listen to this podcast episode?
1: And I don't think that, that we always have the answers you have to start where the patient is then you have to follow and then you can discuss and you can try to to follow and to guide um, the, the patient
0: and then yet another episode without pain oh well there was a bad headache combined with some overweight and less physical exercise and sleep so when these things were fixed the headache went away but this was not why i talked to michael viander The reason was he is a great author. He has written this fantastic children's book from 9 through 15 years of age, I think, without the violence, horror and wizardry you see nowadays. Action, adventure and actually facts. A 600 plus page book in 12 upcoming parts where three have already been published. I think that my story is really well understood by the kids, but the parents misunderstand the book because it's so thick. It's like 600 pages and kids don't read anymore. I'm pretty proud of that, that I I managed to to get 50,000 kids to read my book in, in Sweden, even though it's so thick. And the typical reader is the one who actually does not read books. As if we did not only cover this, we also talked about chess, restaurant, food, music and other things. This is a truly amazing guest I would recommend you to listen to. And who knows, I would not be surprised if Mikael is a world-famous Swedish writer in the future. I had the honor talking to a pain professor from Johns Hopkins then. Coming from one of the world's leading hospitals, I would encourage you to listen to him if you find any interest in pain treatment. Paul Christo had some interesting thoughts on why the elderly do not get the pain treatment they deserve among so many other things.
1: The fear is that,
3: yes, that you might overdose older adults you know, with medications, and that has led to poorly controlled pain, I think, on their part. You can increase the doses and you can do it gradually. And, you know, the NSAIDs, that is the not the anti-inflammatory medications, like ibuprofen, for example, can be used. Now, you have to be careful because, you know, as we age our kidney function decreases, sometimes also we've got changes in the, Uh, hepatic or hepatic functions or ability to metabolize drugs can change plus we can get we might have ongoing medical illnesses Uh, so you know those drugs can be used and increased gradually
0: so i hope you have enjoyed this year and the first season please tell your friends and colleagues to listen to outsmart the pain if you find it useful i will end this episode with the christmas tale the tiniest bell written by al andrews I will take a very short break and have already piled up a lot of interesting episodes to come. So come back and listen on Sunday, January the 8th, 2022. Be well and prosper! Warm Springs is an odd name for a town that is always white with snow. But someone named it that because, you guessed it, there were natural warm springs in the middle of town nestled at the base of a small mountain. It was the last stop before the long desolate road that led to the North Pole. It was a place known as a respite from the bitter cold and a popular resort for the workers from Santa's workshop from December 26 through February 1, the workshop's off-season. The warm pools were filled with elves wearing their elfan swimwear. Some of them didn't wear elephant swimwear, but I won't get into that. St. Nick, however, was not to be found in Warm Springs. He and Mrs. Claus preferred Hot Springs, which is 20 miles up the road, and far more exclusive. The Easter bunnies stayed there too. In fact, Santa had never ever been to Warm Springs until one Christmas Eve, when he, of all people, went shopping a bell had fallen off one of the harnesses of the lead reindeer santa a sticker for detail went in search for a replacement bell he tried to have one overnighted from his usual supplier but that particular bell known as the 501 d was back ordered one of the elves a long-time worker in shipping and handling heard that santa was a snit over the lost bell and told the not-so-jolly old man about the bell shop over in Warm Springs. Bob's bells have been in business for over 40 years and boasts of the world's largest collection of bells. If you need a bell, go to Bob, said the commercial, and the commercial was right. There were bells of every size for every occasion. There were cow bells, cats and bull bells, there were handbells for Baptist churches and huge bells for towers. There were bells for dancers and bells for dinnertime and there were even sleigh bells. Imagine Santa's excitement when he heard the news. But before I tell you about Santa's shopping trip, there's another story I must tell you. It's the story of the tiniest bell sitting on a shelf, lost in a corner of the bell store. It was the tiniest bell you've ever seen. It was about the size of the fingernail on your pinky finger. The tiniest bell had been on the shelf for many years, hoping to be bought by someone who would love to ring him every day. But he was always passed over for larger bells, that, by the way, made fun of him as they were taking the cash register. Goodbye, you little peep squeak, they'd say. See you later, beller, they'd call him out to him as someone took them out of the shop. The cowbells were the worst. They said things like, looks like you're not going to move out here today, which they thought was so funny, but no one else did. One year around Christmas time, one by one, the bells in the store were sold. Every time someone came in, the tiniest bell would hope to be chosen. Visitor after visitor came and went, but no one chose him. Instead, they would pass over him for a larger bell. By Christmas Eve, every bell in the store had been sold, every bell except the tiniest bell. He was left on the shelf all by himself. Never had he felt so lonely and useless. In closing time on Christmas Eve, just as Bob was turning out the lights to go home, There was a knock at the door. When Bob opened it, a strong wind blew away with snowflakes and followed by Santa Claus himself. How can I help you? asked Bob, stunned by the presence of his special guest. I need a bell for my sleighs, said Santa. You see, I've lost one of the main bells on Prancer's harness and we've got to get going. The littlest Bell couldn't believe his tiny ears. It's my Christmas miracle. This is my special day. This is my destiny. I've waited all my life for this. He could hardly contain himself. First there was Rudolph, and now there's me, he exclaimed, hardly able to stand it. I'm sorry, Mr. Claus, but we're all out of bells. There are no bells left. Except... Uh, He paused as he picked up the bell for this tiny bell. It is the last one in the store, but I really believe it's too small. Santa walked over to Bob and took the tiny bell from his hand. The tiniest bell held his breath and looked into the twinkling eyes of the most generous man on earth. Santa drew his hand close to his face and looked at the little bell, turning him around and around in his large warm hands. He was quiet for a moment and then, with his kind and gentle voice, said to the shop owner, You're right, it's too small. Merry Christmas!